Hey everybody, this is Doug Curtin, the host of Chalk Talk. We are really excited to present this special episode of Chalk Talk to you today, and it is going to be dedicated to our new nutrition initiative that we're calling Fuel for Fitness. We are actually coming out with an ebook that is Nutrition 101. It's going to cover all sorts of things, and we'll get into that later in the episode. But first, just want to talk a little bit about why we did this nutrition uh, component in the first place. As a company of coaches, we pride ourselves in producing the best quality content and materials for all things fitness. And while we've dedicated much of our focus to strength and conditioning, we know that a big part of performance depends on how we fuel our bodies. We're thrilled to welcome Rebecca Toutant to our team to take on all things nutrition and kind of guide us through this process. So we're going to spend this episode not only meeting Rebecca, but also getting kind of some snippets and some overview of what's to come in the world of nutrition and platform. So without further ado, this is Chalk Talk presented by Platform, and this is going to be our special edition of Fuel for Fitness. So we'll kick off with our first ever segment we did with Rebecca, just meeting and getting to know her. Hey everybody, this is Doug. I am really excited uh, as we are kicking off this new initiative that we are calling Fuel for Fitness. We get questions and people asking us all the time about nutrition, so here we are and we brought in one of the very best and Rebecca. Rebecca, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we are going to kick this off with all different types of things in terms of why nutrition matters and all of the different you know parts of it from carbs, calories, proteins, fats. But before we do, we want everybody to get to know you um, and who they're going to be getting all of their nutrition from. So how did you get into this in the first place? Oh my gosh. So by training, I'm a dietitian, a personal trainer, and a certified diabetes educator. I got into this back in 2003 um, with really a goal to improve my own health and to help other people improve their health. Awesome. And your own health we should plug this because we are a fitness and <laughs> exercise and all things that you have a pretty impressive record of uh, marathons and Ironmans. Yep. Too many marathons, too many ultra marathons and a couple Ironman and some other triathlon distances. Gotcha. So you have probably focused in on your own <laughs> nutrition and a million things over. Mm -hmm. So we're bringing in someone with a, a great background in fitness, which we're really, really excited about. Um, from there, where did you start to kind of progress in your own profession and how have you kind of sculpted both nutrition and how it relates to performance? Ooh, well, hmm. it's a great question. Another loaded one. <laughs> yeah. Um, say it again. Sure. So how did you get from where you started back in like 2003 into kind of landing here at Platform where you have this passion for both nutrition and performance and all things that we're gonna to start to talk about. Yeah, sure. So I, I started with fitness. So I got certified as a personal trainer while I was getting my credentials as a dietitian. And when I was there, started working in things like adaptive fitness. So working with people with disabilities um, to get them out of wheelchairs and out of braces. Um, from there, did a lot more work in healthcare and research and while I was doing my dietetic internship realized that everyone kind of knows what to do but the problem is how do you actually do it how do you implement it on a day-to-day -day basis sure um, so spent more time really figuring out and thinking about the psychology of eating and gotcha. how we make our choices gotcha and I think especially because we are working with middle school and high school students um, there's a lot of probably 
I think I know what I'm doing, mm -hmm. but I'm not <laughs> quite sure. So what's your experience been like with maybe some of the younger yeah. uh, population that we're going to hopefully be getting all the information mm -hmm. out to and helping coaches and teachers kind of communicate with them? Yeah. We all eat, we, right? Pretty, pretty sure that's a common yes. denominator. <laughs> we all eat and we all eat multiple times a day. And so over time we get to feel like we're an expert in our own nutrition. Um, but we don't always get our nutrition information from the place that actually makes the most sense for our health, right? Yeah. Um, so it's really how do you sort through all of the media and all of the news and the things that we hear about nutrition and to make it a plan that actually works for your life. Absolutely. And I think that's what we're really excited about here at Platform because we're going to try to set people up and and really get them going towards that direction for success because you know a lot of the people we work with are starting to get into the gym they get excited about it and then it's like all right but I'm still not seeing maybe where I want to be or how I want to feel and a lot of times it's because we kind of see that nutrition piece and one of our colleagues Ian loves to you know say you can't out train a bad diet mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um so with that in mind, and, and I know we have a lot planned, what do you think that people can start to like look out for in the next couple of weeks as we start to talk about nutrition? Like where are we going to be taking people yeah. along the way? Yeah, so you have to really start with the foundation and understand the basic chemistry of food. Not good food, bad food, right food, wrong food, but really understanding what does food do for me and how will I respond to it? Mm -hmm. And once you start to understand that, then you can start to make really informed decisions to improve your performance and get some results. Absolutely. And my last question before we wrap up here, and I think it's an important one that we're going to talk about a lot as we get further into it, is um, you know, a lot of people will say, I want you to give me a nutrition plan. <laughs> give me the, the recipe oh and I will give you the results and I'm ready to go. That's mm -hmm. not probably what we're going to be doing in, in oh this context, God. right? You would love it, right? Yeah. Give me exactly <laughs> what I need. Right. Everyone wants a plan. Everyone wants numbers. They want a defined pathway that is going to, they think will take them somewhere. But the problem is that's very top down and even the best plan isn't going to work if it doesn't match your life. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's about how do you take some of the tenets of a plan and really apply it and adapt it to you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a great example because <laughs> I know what I'm supposed to do, but mm -hmm. applying it sometimes is hard. And I think even some of the kids I coach and different things like that, like when it's top down and I say, you should do this, that, mm -hmm. and the other thing, they look at me like, we're going to insert fast food restaurant. Right. So it's oh finding God. those balances and, and making it all work. Right. I can give you all the numbers that you want, but at the end of the day, ice cream is delicious and there is a point to which we should enjoy it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's good to hear because I have a, a full freezer at home of, of ice cream. <laughs> you might talk me into whittling it down a little bit. So uh, we're really excited for Rebecca to be joining us on our uh, you know pursuit of better. It's going to be all labeled as fuel for fitness. It's going to be kind of our little tagline that you can be looking for as you're finding all things that Rebecca and us here at Platform are coming out with. So Rebecca, we're excited. Yeah, Ready to go? Me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> be on the lookout for all these different things to come. All right, now that we've met Rebecca and talked a little bit about her nutrition background, let's talk about what the Nutrition 101 book itself is going to look like. The book we've spent a lot of time on is going to come in a lot of different forms and fashions, but 
in its entirety, you're going to have access to a lot of different subjects ranging from calories to macronutrients to kind of putting it all together in terms of food groups and food labels and all of those different types of things. Each chapter is going to have different videos that students, teachers, and coaches can follow along with, as well as different questions that will kind of tie things together to make sure that people are following along and have an understanding of what we're talking about. Before we get started with any of this, as you heard Rebecca talk about, and as we'll hear on this next clip that I want to feature, is that our nutrition program is not meant to be a prescriptive style of nutrition. A lot of times we get caught up in how many calories, how many you know, uh, carbs, proteins, fats that we might supposed to be eating based off of our diet or nutrition or anything else like that. What Rebecca really wants us to frame this around is understanding that we're working with high school students particularly. And we want to be sure that we are mindful of the fact that it's not a perfect system. There's going to be different times that they have access to different foods, where they can get them, when they can get them, all of those different types of things. And so instead of giving this hard and fast you know, rule book on nutrition, we want to set students up with the right guidelines so that they know where to go and have kind of a, a framework for their own success. So let's hear Rebecca talk a little bit about what students need and what kids that are growing need for their nutrition before we start to give a few examples of what we'll dive into in some of the more specifics of, you know, calories, carbs, proteins, and fats, like I mentioned. All right, we're going to jump into needs for growing students. Um, it's kind of the kickoff to our Fuel for Fitness initiative, and you let us into this, but I think it's important to start out is your first header was nobody's perfect, right? Oh my, yeah, nobody is perfect. <laughs> um, so you talk a lot about you know, as we're starting to think about all of these different things is that there's not one prescriptive model for any type of person, kid. And what are all those different variables you start to run in when people are asking you nutrition questions of like, well, what should I do? Oh my gosh. So I think that's the thing. People really think there's one right way and that everyone, everyone else has a perfect except for me. Yeah. Right. Um, but the reality is that there are so, so, so many different ways that you can put your food together and still meet your needs and do well. Mm -hmm. Um, there really isn't one right path or one right direction that you have to go. And the idea that there's one right path actually gets you into a lot of trouble. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about that a little bit for this first one because we don't want people starting to spin their wheels and get into that trouble, right? Mm -hmm. So when you start to frame it as like, are we surviving or are we thriving? Mm -hmm. What are you looking for in terms of people maybe are starting to kind of like get yeah. caught up on the wrong things? So I find that a lot of people get stuck in this whole survival mode when they're trying to take recommendations or things they see online or Instagram and trying to make their lives fit that, Yeah. right? And then they get into a trap of, well, I can't eat that. But a lot of times the things that we're told we can't eat by the world are actually things we really need for performance. Um, yeah. Perfect. And, and and that's an awesome kind of way to think about it because a lot of our students and our athletes, they're working hard, they're working out, they're trying to go through a full day of school mm -hmm. and all of the different things that they're looking to juggle. And so when we live by this like strict code, sometimes we can get caught up in that like survival. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you know, when we're on kind of that like energy 
deficit, what are some of the things that will start to happen to us, how we feel or how we might not uh, act? Right. Like what are those types of when things When you're you running notice? on an energy deficit, there are a lot of different things to look at. And that energy deficit can be short term or long term. Um, but like when you're having difficulty concentrating, right? Or you're kind of having that brain fog in the afternoon where you're like, oh, this sucks. I want to go take a nap. <laughs> right? Or if you're if you're thinking about food a lot, yeah. that's a sign that you're not actually giving your body what you need. We do not need to be giving our food and our what we eat more than like 10% of our attention. Right. But if you're always thinking about, oh, when's your next meal? And when's the next time I can have something? Like that's a sign that you actually need to give your body more food. S some fuel. Sure. Mm -hmm. And so what we're going to get into and it's kind of our launching point right in terms of all of the different topics and subjects we're going to cover is starting to think about like what comes next and mm -hmm. figuring out the best way to look at the different foods mm -hmm. um, and we have talked a little bit about like avoiding maybe words like good and bad and thinking about just what it is we're actually eating so right. as students or athletes or coaches, whoever's kind of taking in all of this different nutrition, what should they be kind of wrapping their heads around or what are they, or are you trying to kind of frame it in yeah. so that they can make the best decisions themselves? Right. We have to get back to basics instead of values around food. So food is really made up about chemistries and there are different ways that we can apply those chemistries to not only have the energy that we need, but, but to perform well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, push you on this because you just said, you know, we don't, we shouldn't be thinking about it too much, right? No, no. So we're not going to necessarily dive into the chemical compound no, of each no. and every bite, but getting more of some of those basic understandings to know, hey, when I'm eating this snack, I'm getting you can carbs feel it. or proteins right, yeah. or I'm feeling full or all of those different things we're going to start to mm -hmm. look at even more. Yeah. When you start to understand the chemistries of what you eat, you can start to predict and understand how you feel. And honestly, a lot of how we feel, we can trust that. Yeah. <laughs> right. If we're feeling hungry, we probably need food. We don't need to always second guess that. Sure. Um, sure. So that's a great stopping point for just kind of putting it into the context of our lives and thinking mm -hmm. about food as fuel. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why we're calling it that fuel for fitness initiative. Um, so, you know, stay on the lookout for different things that we're coming out with. Our first kind of topic is going to be calories, mm -hmm. right? Oh, so <laughs> what's, what's the little precursor for people to be looking out for? What are we going to be start to think about just at that base level of calories? Yeah, they're not evil. <laughs> right, perfect. <laughs> Let's start there. Perfect. They're not evil. <laughs> all right. So calories are not evil. Um, and we will get into all different types of calories and start to spin that off into our next topic. Sounds great. Awesome. And so that's how we kick off nutrition. And then from there, students will be able to follow along with the corresponding article, the different things that come with it. What's going to come next and what I want to preview for you is kind of that first main chapter after the overview that we're going to give. And that is going to be around calories. While I thought maybe we would jump right into carbs, proteins, fats, you're going to hear Rebecca talk a little bit about um, why we decided to start with calories because that's kind of the basis for all of this and where we're going to go from. So I'm going to go ahead and let the two sections play on top of each other within the calories chapter. The first one, we dive into sort of the chemistry around it and all of the different things to consider from that science background. And what Rebecca does a really great job of both speaking about it and as you see when you go to read through it when we release the book next week, that the 
way that Rebecca talks about it is really straightforward and really easy to understand just for about anybody, but also they're going to be able to take away some really important um, facts and, and things that they can consider in their daily lives. So this first part, as I mentioned, is going to be energy and chemistry. All right, so we are talking calories, and we are talking the chemistry behind them and the types of energy that they can provide. So before we jump into all of the energy and the things that we will dive into there, let's break down the chemistry of them, right? So every single food that you eat is going to be made of chemistry. And when we look at it from a nutrition perspective, it's all nutrients. And there's different categories of nutrients. There are nutrients that give us energy, which are think calories, right? Which are carbs, fats, and proteins. And then there are nutrients that do not give us energy, but we still really need like water, vitamins, and minerals. Sure. And sometimes like you hear a lot of people now and like the big buzz around like macronutrients, <laughs> uh -huh. right? So is that something that is a good definition for other people to be thinking about? Does that cause confusion? No, macronutrients are literally, they are the thing that give us energy. That's what we call carbs, fats, and proteins. Okay, perfect. And so as we start to think about those different types of foods and like what your body um, or what you see, like a lot of times myself included, I'm thinking like, did I get enough of this today? Or did I get enough of that today? Um, or, well, I already ate one banana, so I shouldn't eat the second one. How do you start <laughs> to like, think about all of those different types of calories and right. like the bigger picture? Right. So I think, you know, there's a lot of things to unpack there. At, at the end of the day, our body doesn't see whether you had a banana or you had pasta as your source of carbohydrate. It literally just sees the chemistry inside. So like when you eat a banana, it's seeing carbohydrate, particularly from starch or from, mm -hmm. from sugar. Um, when you eat pasta, it's seeing carbohydrate from starch. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, our body is breaking that into the exact same thing of carbon, hydrogen, oxygen. Gotcha. A lot of chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. And we'll shift away from the <laughs> yeah. chemistry a little bit because there's plenty more where that came from and we'll get into that uh -huh. different type of stuff. But I want to talk about calorie counts mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. everybody seems to be counting some form of them. Yeah. Um, and you know, looking for some specific number that they should live by, yeah. um, for growing students and athletes that are doing all of these different types of things, what should they be thinking about when they're looking or maybe not looking for that magic number? Yeah. Calories are a really, really complex topic. Um, and so when you look at like calorie recommendations and what you see at a food level, they often throw at a number of 2000. Well, that's really just based upon what the average population needs. So it's like a bell curve, yeah. right? So if you look at a bell curve, you have where at the top of the curve and that's where the most spaces, that's where the average tends to lie. But there's a lot of space in the front of the curve and in the back of the curve. So there are people that need a lot more and there are people that need a lot less. And what's even more complicated is that can change every single day based upon your growth, uh, your physical activity, even your stress levels. So to try to put yourself and lock yourself into a calorie number can get you into a lot of trouble and lead you to overeat or undereat. Yeah. And so when we're thinking about all of that, because like I have often looked at it and said like, well, how much is this or mm -hmm. how much is that? Um, does once your body get into a certain groove in terms of like a number of calories, is that what it gets used to? Or it's like, oh, I'm having 2,500 calories every day, but today I only had 22 mm -hmm. or I had 28. Like how does it all start to kind of like balance out? Yeah, our bodies are super flexible. So for example, just because we eat, 
and that's that's one of the dangers of counting calories, yeah. right? Is that you think that if I only need 2,000, if I eat 2,200, something bad's going to happen. But the truth is your body is so flexible that if you eat a little bit more, it's going to use it. It's going to do something with it. Yeah. And similarly, if you eat a little bit less, it's just going to adjust to it. Um, and so it can get really, really messy. And oftentimes our appetite and our hunger levels will fluctuate based upon sure. our calorie needs. Um, so I can see this with my toddler, right? Like when he's growing, he eats so much. Yeah. Um, but when he's not growing, he doesn't eat that much. And that mm -hmm. terrifies me. But he's actually listening to his body and what he needs. Sure. And so then that same principle starts to climb up into our older kids and, right. and folks that are starting to think about like, well, I want to gain muscle or I mm -hmm. want to start to perform and I feel like I'm, you know, like you mentioned, like mm -hmm. you'll look at a sophomore boy or, mm -hmm. you know, a, a freshman growing, I'm just picking random yeah. <laughs> ages, but not so random sometimes. And they'll just like shoot up mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, like they do need more. They need more. Right. But if they don't give themselves more, they actually can really impede their ability to grow. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of patients who decide that they're afraid to eat and they might stop restricting. So we'll watch their growth chart and they are, you know, they're average, they're doing well. They stop eating and they stop growing. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> We're much better off listening to our bodies and our appetites than we are trying to restrict ourselves to a number. Sure. And so in the second part, which we'll make a totally separate video on and um, post, is we're going to start to think about listening to our body mm -hmm. and not so much reading numbers, right. you know, line right. by line. You mm -hmm. know, the numbers can give us a good indicator, right. yep. mm -hmm. but we're going to start to kind of use a different scale um, right. in thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So we'll pause here and we'll jump into that next time. Sounds good. And now the second part that we're going to jump into on the calories um, topic is the hunger to fullness scale. So again, as we talked about earlier in the episode, and as we're going to talk about through our entire Nutrition 101 and Fuel for Fitness series, is that we're not so much looking to count calories or count different types of macronutrients or anything like that, but rather listening to our bodies. And Rebecca sets up in a really cool way this hunger to fullness scale to be able to think about that. With this hunger to fullness scale that she talks about, we also provide different infographics and things that you could really easily deliver to your students so that they can see it visually. Um, the whole goal of what we're doing here is that every single subject and unit is going to consist of three major things. The video, which is what you guys have gotten a chance to listen to today, articles that Rebecca has written and put a lot of thought and effort into making sure it's tailored to students and athletes, and then different types of infographics that they're going to have access to that's going to kind of tie everything together uh, from there. So let's listen to what that hunger to fullness scale sounds like, keeping in mind that they would also get that infographic, the article, and then of course some of those questions that we talked about in a little bit. All right, so we are going to talk about listening or starting to think about calories in terms of like a hunger to fullness scale. Sure. Um, and as we do that, one of the biggest things is kind of probably listening or trying to listen to what our body's telling us. So mm -hmm. what are some of the signals or like things that start to go off that we should not maybe ignore and start to listen to? Yeah. So when I like to think about like a hunger fullness scale on a kind of a, I don't know, maybe a zero to 10 scale where zero is you are hangry 
right? <laughs> like you, you are angry and you can't tolerate anyone. Yep. You're irritable. Maybe you're lightheaded. That is extreme hunger, mm-hmm. right? And then in the middle of the scale, you have kind of just, just satisfaction, right? Where you're like, oh, I feel good. I don't really feel like I need to eat. Don't really feel like I'm hungry. And then on the far end of the scale, you have fullness. Yeah. Um, where it's like post Thanksgiving, you need to unbutton your pants. Too full. You, you are too full to move. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, so why don't we start on like the, like the extreme, the extreme you said hangry, which is a great yeah. word that yeah. everybody knows. Um, what are some of the other things that you might be feeling and like what, I'm trying to think about the right way to say this. Why do people like let it get to that point? Right. So a lot of people think that they don't need to fuel their body until they experience extreme hunger. They have to hit the tank. They have to hit the tank, right? The tank has to be completely empty. But one of the problems with doing that is that typically that means you've gone a really long time without eating, like more than five hours. And as a result, the hormones in your body change. And those hormones change what you want to eat, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to crave more carbohydrate. You're going to crave more sugar. You're going to crave more rapidly available energy and it's a lot harder to feel like you're done eating. So yeah. you feel like a bottomless pit. Yeah. Um, so people kind of end up in this place where they're like, I wait until I'm extremely hungry to, hungry to eat. And then I don't feel like I can make the quote unquote right food choices. Yeah. And they end up in between these extremes. Yeah. So it's kind of trying to not let it go from one far end to the other. Cause that's right. what's happening. So before we get to the middle, why don't we talk about the way other side of things, because mm-hmm. people do start to, um, overeat or feel like they're full or like just eat as much like you just described. And I think a lot of times people start to do that because of some things that they think are helping them. Right. And right. I will list a few of my own that I mm-hmm. found myself doing. of saying <laughs> sure. like, I'm not, I'm going to cut this out of my diet mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm not going to eat after I have breakfast, I'm not, I'm going to wait until two o'clock. Like I'm not going to touch food because I got to get through my day, like no snacks, anything else like that. Are those types of habits you see a lot? Are those types of things like, what are those kind of like bad habits that we think we're doing good for, but they actually start to like maybe catch up on us. So telling yourself that you can't have a particular food or a a type of ingredient is going to lead you to be obsessed with that food. Mm -hmm. You're going to find that, oh, maybe the first day or hours you're like, oh, whatever, I'm fine. But as time goes on, you become more and more fixated on that food and you tend to see it everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then when you do encounter that food, you tend to feel out of control with Mm -hmm. it. Um, so deprivation like that doesn't actually lead to really good outcomes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can see cupcakes swirling in my head. Right. right? Yeah. I can think about it now. <laughs> um, and because of that, I think like there are those other ones of like, I'm not supposed to have, or like, I am like trying not to eat certain things because mm-hmm. I don't, I think I associate them to like bad, like right. we've talked about, like right. good, bad and everything mm-hmm. else like that when we start to start to maybe trend towards the middle of that scale, Mm -hmm. like we're eating when we're supposed to and we're getting that, like what are the signs or that kind of like, all right, you're in a good spot right now as you move throughout the day. Yeah. Well, I'll touch on something that you said. So when you're restricting, you tend to end up on this pendulum where you're like, oh, I'm only going to eat for my physical reasons. And these are the things that I think I should have. So you put yourself over on this extreme, but we eat for a lot of reasons that have nothing to do with our physical body, right? Like to be with friends, uh, to celebrate a birthday or Christmas, sometimes when we're sad or even when we're happy. Um, and those are all part of being human. And when we deprive ourselves, ourselves of being human, we tend to kind of, we, we pendulum back sure. and forth. So we say, I'm going to put myself on a diet, but then you feel so deprived of 
birthday cake and being social that you swing over here and you feel bad and then you feel like, oh, I'm guilty, I'm terrible, and you put yourself back on this diet yep. and you just keep swinging in between extremes. Yeah, and so when it comes to calories and that yeah. like idea of we're not necessarily looking to count the exact number, but mm -hmm. we're more gating on that like that scale that you described. Yeah. Um, in terms of starting to put it into perspective, and it's gonna be our next launching mm -hmm. point, and we're gonna start talking about the different types of calories or right. different types of foods that we can get, where do you start to go as you explore like those different domains? Like what's, where will we go next from calories? Yeah. yeah, so from calories, we really have to start to understand the types of calories and how they impact some of these hunger and fullness yeah. signals. Because um, the chemistry of what we eat makes a really big difference in, in our food choices and our hunger levels and our performance. Um, but that we can't forget also the kind of the human reasons that we eat. Sure. And I think that's what we'll get into next because what you just described, like while we don't want to look at calories as if they're evil, mm -hmm. some are going to leave us feeling hungry than others. Some are going to leave us feeling more satisfied than others. And we're going to try to start to strike different balances, right. if you will, and exploring those different things. Yep. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yep. All right, that's going to do it for us today on Chalk Talk. This was a special edition talking about our Fuel for Fitness initiative um, and specifically this Nutrition 101 book. We're really excited to have been able to bring Rebecca Toutant on staff and onto the platform team, and she is also super excited to be able to help teachers and coaches navigate all of this nutrition. By no means do we expect teachers to be nutrition experts, as it's something that you know Rebecca has spent her entire life focusing in on. As you navigate this with your students and or your athletes and you have specific questions or topics that you're not quite sure about talking about or you need some you know, backup or reinforcement from Rebecca, please reach out to us. We're here to partner with you. We're here to help you. And we want to make sure that we can get you everything that you need in this kind of exciting topic of nutrition. The big focus with nutrition is, again, going to be giving our students and athletes kind of the best resources that they can then make their own decisions and navigate kind of nutrition on this most basic level. The exciting part about starting to get into fitness, get into training, is that often the next step, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, is starting to care about our nutrition a little bit more than we might usually do. As Rebecca has said throughout those initial previews, and she gets into even more as we start to get into those more specific topics of carbs, proteins, fats, reading labels, is that by no means do we expect our students to be perfect. And I think we can all, as teachers and coaches, encourage that as we do send out this nutrition information. This is a way that we can help guide our daily choices, but is by no means a way that they have to live this strict, stringent life. So take that with a grain of salt as you go out and start to deliver this nutrition out to your kids. This is Chalk Talk presented by Platform. We're so thankful for everybody tuning in, especially during these kind of unique times. And remember to reach out to us with any questions. Thanks again. And remember at Platform, it's always in pursuit of better.